Hey everyone and welcome to Wedding Videography for Beginners. I am your host, Phil Beabout, and today we are talking with Michelle Sullivan of Twist 6 Events. Michelle is a luxury luxury planner here in Boston. She's a NACE Boston board member with me and has won NACE Boston's 2020 Event of the Year Award. Michelle, I am super stoked to have you on. How's everything going today? Great. Thank you so much for having me on. Very excited. Good. I, so just so everybody knows, Michelle is very nervous, and uh, <laughs> I keep trying to explain to her that it's just us talking, that it's not, uh, it's not you know, that big a deal. But uh, uh-huh. uh, yeah, and just, just to keep forewarning people, I do mark these as explicit. That doesn't mean that, you know, myself or Michelle is going to go on a random cursing tirade. It's just every once in a while I might drop an F-bomb. So <laughs> just, just so everybody knows. So, Michelle, let's start at the beginning. Uh, How did you get started in wedding planning? Yeah. So, when I went to college at the University of Rhode Island, and I was a communication studies major, and I really didn't know what I wanted to do, if I'm being honest. And my junior year, I had an internship at a yacht club in Rhode Island as their event planner. And it was at that time, I'm like, oh, wow, I actually love this. And kind of made me start thinking. And, you know, it's something I had done my whole life, like planning family parties. And even in high school, I was on like student council and planning all of those events. So when I graduated, I got my first job at the Heinz Convention Center in Boston. So planning like large conventions for thousands of people, really cool, um, kind of gave me a, a interesting background in doing large events. Um, and then from there, I got my first wedding planning job at the Bostonian Hotel in Faneuil Hall, which kind of full circle, Philip, because you and I had just worked a wedding there. So it was cool for me because, you know, previously I worked there as a catering manager and then I got to come back with my own company and team. Um, so that was pretty cool. And then I also worked at um, some other hotels in the city planning weddings. So before I started to six events. No, that's really cool. Yeah. I, um, I always get the colleges confused. (laughs) So completely, completely random thought when you said university of Rhode Island, is that, is that the one that's in Providence or is that Providence college? That's Providence college. So URI is in there. Oh, it's actually in South Kingstown, but, um, like okay. Narragansett. So the beach yeah. area. Narragansett. The Narragansett yes. area. Yes. I love URI. Rody Rams. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Yeah. Cause I think, I think it's Providence college that has the chapel, right? It has like a large, there's right? like three weddings okay. and I, I always get them backwards. That's the only reason why I'm bringing that up because I'm, I've, I've shot a few weddings at, one of them that has like a large like Catholic Salve. chapel in it. Well, then there's like Salve Regina that has some beautiful churches, I believe as well. Oh, yeah. just happened. I don't know. You just blanked out there for a second. Oh, um, right. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe because I'm on my phone. I don't know. No, it's fine. So what can you tell us about one wedding that, that you've done that really kind of stands out above like all the rest? Like what's, what's like that, that one that just lingers in a good way. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. It's that's, I get asked that question so much and it's, it's such a, it's so hard to pick one. I mean, I, what I love about my job is just like the emotion of the day and, you know, 
the relationship I get to build with all these couples, like they're all my lifelong friends now and they start as clients and then you see them like go through life and they're having babies and you keep in touch. And like, I personally, like, that's why I love my job. And and it's just really fun to me, the relationship building piece of it. Um, But, you know, as far as like cool factors of weddings that stick out, (laughs) um, I did a wedding up in Rangeley, Maine, so like way up in Maine, and they had a floating ceremony that was on a dock. Oh, so yeah, that's dangerous. (laughs) Right? Very. And as a planner, very high stress about coordinating all of that. So basically I had to work with their event team and make sure that we were balancing the dock correctly and, you know, not having to oh, yeah. guests Grandma on rolled side. Off it. Oh yeah. yeah. So, but one of the coolest photos I have of a wedding, it's of that dock and the photographer didn't even get that photo because she was on the dock and I was like away. So yeah, that was really cool. Um, also this, this summer, I worked with a couple and the groom was a professional singer songwriter and everybody knew that like, that's what he does for work, but nobody knew that the bride also could sing. So during the reception, they did a little duet during dinner, which like was so cool. And all the guests were like, we didn't even know she could sing. And yeah. So there's just, it's so, so many cool moments that you get to experience and it's such a happy day all the time. So it's a fun job we have, Philip. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's funny that you brought up building the relationships because what a lot of people kind of fear about going into like the luxury market is that the relationship isn't there anymore because you're um, you're dealing with a planner. You're not dealing, you know, you're not dealing with a couple as much. Right. And Which a, might be the case that I always get to. Yeah. Know? Well, no, I was going to say that I, uh, I, I think that that's kind of true, but like I have friends that joke with me about, um, like how good of friends that they've come, you know, with couples that they did, you know, you're talking like million dollar plus budgets Mm -hmm. and you know, my, my one buddy, Phil was like, Oh, you know, I'm traveling to to Dallas for another wedding. And he's like in a, a couple that I did a year ago. They live in Dallas. We're gonna go get lunch. Oh yeah. And, yeah like, no, I so love it's, that. Yeah. No, I mean I I I like to try to build that relationship with them, but I also understand if I can't. You know what I mean? Like there yeah. are some couples that are just like, give me my product. You're you know what I mean? And then there's other people that are like yeah. that will hit us up on Instagram and be like, Hey, you wanna grab lunch? Yeah. <laughs> so. No, I literally one of my couples from like two years ago now, they live in Chicago and I love Coldplay and they, I knew that they love Coldplay as well because it was their first dance song. So we're going to go in May and meet up with them in Chicago and go see Coldplay. Have you, <laughs> have you, seen, have you seen Coldplay? <laughs> Never live. So oh, we went, so we excited. Seen in, we seen him in Gillette like two years ago, three years well, ago. Well, you'll have to crash the Chicago trip too. Well, I'll yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah, no, they're they're super good in concert. See what I'm talking about when I said this is the reason why my podcasts always go over. Because this is exactly <laughs> what not, I mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, you started Twist Six Events. Could mm-hmm. you tell our listeners why? I mean, well, actually, what Twist Six <laughs> means? Yes, of course. I bet you didn't think you would get a champagne lesson as well tonight. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's Twist Six Events, named after the fact that it takes Twist Six of the Wire Cage to open any bottle of champagne. 
See? So, yeah, I'm a, sh- a huge champagne lover. Um, and I just thought, you know, champagne is always, you know, represents celebration and is always there when you're having good times. So what a great name for a business. Yeah. You don't drink champagne when you're sad. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's popping open a, a bottle of Dom when they're, right. when they're depressed. So. Right. So, yeah. So the point today of our discussion is kind of, it's revolving around being flexible about bouncing around from one venue to the other, which mm-hmm. is something that, you know, photographers, videographers, like we're, you know, a good example last year in the month of October, October 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, we were at three different venues. Mm, like we, God. yeah, no, we, we had a, we had a busy, I shot 41 weddings last year. Oh my God. Yeah. We did our wedding on October 10th, the next mm-hmm. weekend. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Wow. That's yeah, a no, lot. Was, there's a, we, we did a lot, but luckily, you know, we're, we're in a good position to where I was talking to Michelle about this before um, we started recording, but we, we only have, after tomorrow, we only have one film to go and we're all caught up, all done. And nobody mm. came close. Like um, this, the film before this one was the closest we've ever had come because we have a four month contract. So it's, it says that it, it'll be three to four months before you get your film. And it's oh, uh, not bad though. No, we, yeah, we were at like three months and like a week, three months and two weeks. So we were close, but we, 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 even with all of them, we, we haven't had anybody like this one's a month early. This one will be three months. And then the next one, uh, that's always appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So Especially, I just, I also just want to kind of put 20, this is completely, see, this is what I'm talking about. I just, I want to get 2021 behind me. Like I want to put that behind us. Like there's, you know, we, uh, speaking about cultivating relationships and that kind of stuff, Brittany and I were talking about it, that, um, no kidding. The first wedding we ever booked went in 2021. Really? So, yeah, we didn't. So there, there's some things that we kind of put in place that we do now, that we didn't when we first started because we didn't know just like everybody else. Like we don't know mm. what we're doing when you start right. out. Like that's just how that works. And uh-huh. uh, if you start out being an expert, then, you know, good on <laughs> good you. for you. Yeah. But, <laughs> but we, uh, their wedding was two years out and I was just stoked that they were willing to pay us to do their wedding. Like that was just, you know, I was like, Oh my God, yeah. they're going yeah. to pay me $1,500 to do a wedding. Like what? <laughs> Uh, but then the pandemic happened and they pushed their date and then they pushed their date again. Yeah. So so much of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like Brittany and I were joking that the package that they got was like, I want to say it was like just under 10 grand now, or it'd be like, it'd be like just over 10 K. For one thing, and they got fifteen hundred. And I was like, "Oh my god, you guys yep. made out!" But uh, we yeah, had I mean, so great. much of that. But but to yeah. like exactly what I'm saying, like I've had couples that I worked with for three years, three and a half years. So you're getting just so much extra time that once the wedding's over, I'm like, "Please keep in touch with me." Like it's so sad. Like you feel like you're like losing a friend. I know you know they're clients, but that you become like such a part of each other's life. It's like sad when the wedding day actually comes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and see for us, it's different because after the wedding, you're done, and after the wedding is like eighty percent of what we need to do. 
Yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. That's where like the bulk of our stuff starts. So, but what I wanted to talk to you about was Mm -hmm. adapting to working at different venues and like the Mm -hmm. mindset that you should have, because we're, we're all going to be, now mind you, once you've been doing this for a minute, you'll start to see the same venues, you know, in a good way over and over Mm -hmm. and over again. But Mm -hmm. a lot of the times, especially out here in new England, there are so many different venues. When somebody Mm -hmm. asks me like, have you shot here before? And the most of the time it's no, just because yeah. there's just so many things to choose from. Like, you you know, so, but what, what would you recommend people do to kind of, or actually what do you do to prepare mm. for new venues that you've never worked out? Like, yeah. What? Well, first of all, like that's one of the main reasons I started my own business because as I gave you my background, I was always a catering sales manager, like at a property, at a venue. So it gets very, you know, tiring, I guess, of being in the same ballroom or, you know, a few ballrooms doing the same wedding over and over. There's only so many designs you can do and only so many ways to make things different. So what excites me about my job now is that you're, you're constantly going to new venues. So it's always fresh. It's always something different. And I, for me, I thrive off that. Um, I, yeah, personally, I like to, I'm on, you know, of course you want to be on vendor list and it's great to go back to some of your favorites, but I, I love the challenge of a new venue. Um, but to answer your question, you do have to prepare and you do have to do your research. You can't just show up on the day and hope for the best. So I always, you know, look it up online, you know, even check out their Instagram pages to kind of get a lay of the land a little bit. And then the number one most important thing, of course, is to cite in advance. I can't say that enough because then you'll most oftentimes meet your contact in person, get to check out the space. So that's, you know, definitely a necessity to have a site in advance. Um, I'm Boston based, but I will travel all over New England. So, you know, there's been times like I had a wedding in Vermont this summer and I I didn't have the opportunity to go before. So in a situation like that, like you plan to get there a day ahead so that you can still, you know, check out the space and, and make sure you know where everything is and you're not wasting time that day. Like, asking for directions or whatever it is. So just knowing the space and and doing your research. Yeah. You know, one thing that really uh, helps us a lot is when, especially when you're working with a planner, when they give us the floor plans, when they give us Mm, the design layout, that kind of stuff. Like we, we will actually like map out, like we'll bring it with us and we'll have a blueprint of where our lights are going you know what I mean? Like we'll have everything like drawn out on that design plan. So we, we know exactly what we're doing when we're doing it and that kind of stuff. Brittany will actually, she'll take your timeline that we're given and then she'll add our stuff to it. I love that. I love a good timeline. The more the merrier. That's awesome. That sounds great to me. Yeah. But I got, have you, have you done those uh, like personality tests or anything like that? Like I'm, I'm I'm what's called an ESTJ and I, what is that? Yeah, so they, they're they're actually pretty in depth. Like when when I worked in nuclear, like we had to have like psych profiles done and that kind of stuff. And the uh, uh, one of the things that we yeah, I got like a hundred and sixty page report that's eerily 
like about accurate you. about everything about like the way that I operate. Like Brittany read it and was like, oh my God, like they were spot. But you, know, you had to do a bunch of tests and then you sit down with a shrink and all that kind of stuff. Like it's, it's, it's pretty wild, but um, uh, yeah. So all of us knew our personality type. Mm. So when we worked with each other, you know, like, because I, I want to say it's, I, I'm trying to think of what E was. I think it's emotional, emotional sensing, Something in judging, a judging thing. They were they were right on the spot with that one. But, sounds, um, yeah, it sounds mean. Yeah, it was ES, emotional ESTJ. and judgy. <laughs> yeah, but it had it like to make a long story short. One of the things that drives me is that timeline. But one mm. of the things that like makes me go insane is when we're not on that timeline. Oh yeah. Well, if you're doing a wedding with me, we are on the timeline. (laughs) Well, no, I'm just saying just in general, like it's, it's like a personality trait. Like it's nothing like God forbid, like if I'm in a class and they're like, we're going to take a break at 10 45 AM and it's 10 47. Like I'm grinding my teeth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know what it is. Like there's, but yeah, that's, that's one of the, yeah, I'd be interested to know what I am. I mean, I think I know, but I have to look at taking a test. Yeah, it's not the MMPI. That's the the I think it's Michigan multiphasic or Wisconsin multiphasic um, like aptitude test. That's the one that tells you if you're crazy or not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not. Well, well, so what? It's yeah. Anyways, we'll t- I'll tell you about it. It's nothing to do with weddings, so I don't want to go into that right <laughs> now. But it's it's a, it's interesting. We had to do it every every three years as a security officer. You have to take that test. And we will be right back. Have you been struggling to make solid cinematic films? Do you watch other filmmakers and wonder why their products look so good? You need training. Good, specialized training. Something that is easy to digest and that you can take safely at home. I'm not talking about college. Talking about full-time filmmaker. Marco Wahlbeck and his team have put together an amazing course with over 400 training videos. Everything from Wedding Video Pro with Jake Weisler to how to edit with Premiere or Final Cut. Imagine getting proper, real-world training you can do at home. Imagine the impact that would have on your work, your skills increase, your quality increases, and then so do your prices. Click on our affiliate link below, take the free online training on their top 10 secrets to achieving cinematic shots, and see what full-time filmmaker can do for you. We did it, and it propelled our business. Since you're bouncing around from so many different venues, mm-hmm. what are you doing to kind of build that relationship with like the, your, your points of contact at the venue so that you guys work like better day of? Yeah. I mean, that's everything, right? Like that's the most important thing for a planner, for any vendor, you want to have that relationship with the person at the venue. And I think I've been hearing more and more, and I don't know if it's like inexperienced planners or, or what it is, but that, you know, in my experience, when I was in that role, it was always great because you're like, Oh, there's a planner here. It's going to be an easy night because they help so much. And, you know, when I go to a venue, it's always like my team is an extension of your team. Like I'm not coming to take over and, you know, act like I'm, I'm the boss, like where we all become one team and you help each other. And I feel like I've been hearing more and more that that's, that's unfortunately not the case. And some people are, are just, 
I don't know, <laughs> not realizing the importance of the relationship, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. So I, I was at an event or I was at a wedding, uh, at Castle Hill Inn in Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously Beautiful. there was a, yeah, there, there was a planner there. Oh, yeah. It's, a, it's an amazing venue. Um, mm. And I walked up to the planner who I had been interfacing with this entire time. And I, I just wanted, I wanted to ask her a quick question about something. I couldn't remember. I can't remember what it was. It's irrelevant at this point. And I just remember her looking at me and going, the coordinator has taken over everything. And she's like, it's their timeline now. She's like, I don't, I've, she's like, I don't know what, like what's going on at this point. So wait, the wedding planner was saying that? About yeah. The- yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. She was, she was straight. She was straight sitting at the bar <laughs> at that point. And I was like, oh, damn, man. what is going on here? Like, I just need to know where to put my light. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> this went yeah. real quick. I, I mean, for me though, that is kind of like something that makes my job easy and like that I'm very comfortable in because I know what their role is. So it just makes it like seamless in that you don't, you don't, you don't want to step on their toes. You're just helping each other. You know, you, you know what they do. They have a job, you have a job. Like the difference is the, the couple hires me, right? So I am essentially working for the couple, but if it's a beautiful venue, I obviously want to be invited back. So you want to make sure you have that good relationship and good rapport. So yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very important. <laughs> To be on the good side of the venue coordinator. What, uh, do you have any examples of any like obstacles or roadblocks that you've kind of run into when you were either trying to like build a relationship or anything like that? Well, I can say what happens often is that there's, there's turnover in those positions and it's truthfully kind of job security for me. Because that is something that makes a bride and groom completely panic. They're like, we were working with so-and-so forever. She knew all of our details and now they're gone. And it's like a total freak out moment. So, you know, two things happen. Sometimes I get new clients at that point because they're like totally panicked because that person left. Or, you know, I've been doing full planning with a couple and they're like, oh, it's fine. Like Michelle has it. So we're not even going to worry about it. But yeah, that can certainly be a challenge. It doesn't, it's not necessarily a huge challenge for me because I'm going to stay organized regardless of who is running the show on that end. But, um, definitely having to talk the couples off a ledge when things like that come up. (laughs) Yeah. I, I did a wedding, uh, down here on the Cape and I can't remember what, what was going on, but we couldn't do drone. There was just, we just didn't have time. Mm, There's a, yeah. Well, I'm close enough though, that I was like, I'll just go back next weekend. Like, yeah, I didn't, didn't have a wedding. That so like an airport to... nearby, I've run into that sometimes, no. right? Yeah. I mean, well, if you're, if the person that you're using has a part 107 license, they should know how to get permission from the FAA prior to mm, the day too. of. So right. mm-hmm. yeah, there's, there's literally an app for that. <laughs> so, <laughs> it shouldn't be, yeah. it shouldn't be that hard anymore. Uh, yeah. But I've never had an issue, but well, when heard. I went when I went back down, I asked for the coordinator and mind you, it's been six days. She was gone. Oh, like 
gone from the property. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She had, yeah. She had, There's she a had, lot of turnover. And, and I yeah. was like, Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Like this is, hasn't been a week. <laughs> it's very common. And it doesn't, and people like couples panic. They're like, Oh no, is this like not a good venue? Like I've had three contacts since we booked and I, it's not, it's just, that's kind of the industry. Like people get promoted, people move to other roles. I wouldn't, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's, it's a common thing for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just out of curiosity, because I've since since we did so many weddings last year, mm. um, I started to notice a trend with people, and whether it's videographers, photographers, florists, or whatever, uh, I don't know if people were just having like significant burnout and they were just mm. over it or what was mm. going on. Uh, but have you ever blacklisted a vendor? Are there people that you won't work with? Yes, I see the look on your face. My listeners <laughs> <No>. don't. <laughs> Short answer is no, no. And especially like Boston, the, the wedding industry is so small. You would never want to mm-hmm. burn a bridge or even even New England overall. But um, yeah, I mean, challenges come up. We were all so busy this season, you know, like more than ever. And I'm sure this year will be very similar. But I'm the type of person that you just, you have to talk about it and confront it usually not on the wedding day, like follow up call after and see if you can work it out. But you know, the the biggest part of my job for every wedding is like building an awesome team and like having every single vendor be someone that you can trust and count on. So I, you know, I don't run into that a, a whole lot because I am picking the people. There are times when I'll occasionally take on like a month of wedding planning, which I don't do as much anymore, but it's in like those scenarios where you get with a vendor that you don't, you might not know and that mm-hmm. they picked on their own. And definitely there's like, there's been some times like, all right, maybe I wouldn't have, have chosen them. But on the flip side, I've met some awesome vendors that maybe I wouldn't have worked with that way. So it's definitely can be good and bad to working with people you don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I had, probably five photographers that were like chatting with us talking about like the videographers we were working with last weekend, we will make it a point to never work with them. Mm. Again. And there were like straight horror stories about stuff. Yeah. And it's just, it's, you know, sometimes I just think about it and I'm like, I don't un- really understand like why people, cause you're right. Especially in our market, it is small. And I think mm-hmm. it gets, it it's small because we just like every other, you know, business and demographic and that kind of stuff. Like there's just high turnover. Like mm-hmm. people will try to start their business. They'll do it for like a year, maybe two years. They're not successful. And then they'll go, they'll go try something else. Something and that else. right, yeah, right, wrong or indifferent. That's just, just kind of how it works. And mm-hmm. when you've been doing it for a few years, you hear the same names over and over and over and over again. So, for better or worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, well, it's just it's just one of those things. Like, I can't believe that like people burn those bridges, mm. like at all. So yeah, it's, just, it's really it's really crazy to me how some people kind of operate their business. And I'm not saying that you should like kiss everybody's ass and that kind of stuff either. But just no, just be no genuine, to be cordial. Like, yeah, yeah. Just be, be a decent. What did what did I say? I, I'm trying. I was talking about uh, second shooting. And what to do when you're second shooting and that kind of stuff. And uh, 
I I think I called it. I said like, don't be a douche. <laughs> like, Great. That's, okay. that's, that's like you just don't be a <laughs> douche. Easy. Be all right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Try that. Try that for a little while. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, what what advice would you give to a vendor like say me, who's prepping to work at a new venue that uh, I've never worked at before? I would say take your time to introduce yourself to their contact beforehand. And I think that would go a really long way. And then also when you're on site that night, again, just introducing yourself and you'd be surprised. Like not everybody even does that. And and it's appreciated when people do. Yeah. I, um, for us personally, Brittany will send an email and mind you, it's kind of like a canned email. So for the people that are listening, it's not like we're spending hours doing this, Mm -hmm. but she'll shoot them a, uh, no Instagram. She'll shoot him a message on Instagram just saying like, Hey, you know, I'm Brittany and me and my husband are, you know, working this wedding with you on Saturday. We just wanted to say hi and just say, you know, we can't, can't wait to work with you. I love that. Yeah. It's not, yeah see, nothing it's, crazy. Yeah. Your role is a little different than mine because like I am talking to them and knowing them, but I have to think that a lot of like photographers and other vendors, like they're probably not doing that and that's going to make you stand out. It's just like showing that you care and that you take your job seriously and you're passionate about it. And those little yeah, things I mean, go a long way. One thing that we try to do, uh, like the day of the wedding is float through their Instagram, find one of their engagement photos, share it to our stories, and then tag all of the vendors and mm-hmm. just say something like, you know, can't wait to see everybody today. Yep. Love that. It, I do very similar on my end. <laughs> yeah. I do that too. Yeah, no. And it, it just seems to kind of break the ice. And then, you know, when you see somebody, it's not like the first time. It's right. Not like, it's not like cold call. It's like somebody. building that team because you really are for that wedding weekend or that day, you know, you're all, you all need to do your jobs for it to be a successful day. So hyping everyone up in any way you can, like something I do, um, before my weddings is send an email with everybody on it, put their social media tags. So if anybody wants to post during the day, everybody has it, everyone has each other's contact information. Yeah. Just kind of getting everyone excited. And if you don't know each other, you know, you can kind of reach out that before. Yeah, I know when it when it comes to like site preparation, like actual like site preparation, um, a lot of people don't know this, but when you go inside Google Earth, which is free, you can drop down to like the quote unquote street view, turn it 3D, and then you can advance it to the day. So let's say right now I pull up Google Earth, I can push it to June 7th. 2022 what and then, <laughs> that's crazy and then like literally hit play at say 6 a.m and it will show what the sun and the shadows look like all day long wow. and you can just stop it and be like okay at five o'clock i need to have the drone out because this is where you're going to have the most that is when, very cool yeah no and it's 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 wild what you can do now with things like google yeah. earth and there's That's like the, the photographers. Uh, hold on, let me let me click right here real quick because I got a bookmark somewhere. Uh, you know what? I might have got rid of it because they had to start paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, there it's you a go. F- 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 Ephemeris. 
That's E-P-H-E-M-E-R-I-S. The photographer's somebody's going to, I'm going to get skewered for the way that I just pronounced that. I don't know how to pronounce that. So yeah, it's going to be brutal. That's cool though. That's good to know that that even exists. I mean, I always put the sunset time because that's important to me, but yeah, you guys need to know a lot more detail. And Yeah. Well, it's because, you know, and for, for everybody that's listening, when it comes to drone work, the shadows are what really it, it's called, um, uh, gaining interest. So you want interest in your image. And if you Mm. were just looking at like a super bright, flat image, it's not going to look the same. Say, imagine a building. It's not going to look the same if the sun was hitting it from say the South that caused a shadow on one side. And then the other side was bright. That's going to give it depth and dimension. And if you can literally see that in front of you and know that at 345, I need to have the drone up taking this image, then you're, you're going to have a much better clip than you would if you just popped it up at 5 p.m. and hope right. that you're going to yeah. get something. Planning. So. That's, that's what it's all about. And that's what separates yeah. you from, you know, the thousand dollar videographers out there <laughs> when that's you're true. starting out, right? You know? at least that's what I like. This is what I like to think. So. Mm-hmm. No, it's, I mean, those are the differences, exactly everything you're saying. What, um, what do you think are some red flags that like vendors should kind of look out for when they're interacting with a venue? And I guess, let me try to figure out a better way to put that. When, when you're trying to work on that relationship, like when, when you recognize that you're doing something wrong, like in that relationship building thing, like you're going the wrong way. Like what, what do you think they should do to kind of get back on track? Oh, so like maybe you had an event and it didn't go great or. What yeah. Or that? even, even the day of things aren't going great for some reason, the day of like how, how can you check and adjust to kind of start to. In, in the moment on the night, like I think the best thing to do is you just kind of like power through, do your job do the best that you can and you know you kind of can't can't do too much at that time but I think it's all about the follow-up and and really like having a conversation about it like I've been in those situations and then oh you you're not gonna cause a fight the night of the wedding or get into an argument like you're all doing your job so it's sort of like just talk after and you know nine out of ten times you're able to you know see eye to eye on it once you can reflect I guess that makes sense. There's, there's one question that I really like asking people and that is what's one question that you wish that I would have asked you tonight that I didn't. (laughs) What's one question? Yeah. What's what's one (laughs) thing that I missed? Too many questions. Too many. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think we covered it. Okay. Cool. <laughs> what? So when you, when you said that you were building that vendor team, like that you like to have that team, like what are you looking for in your vendors? Like what should other people be trying to like keep an eye out and like do yeah. to get on that team with like planners and that kind of stuff? Right. And you know, as a planner, that is my number one, like, biggest job always just constantly looking for new people that I can add to my list 
my ongoing vendor list because I work with, you know, mostly luxury high-end brides. But even with that, like some brides, budgets can be very different, right? Like flowers, for example, some brides are obsessed with flowers and they want their budget is just like limitless because that's what they want. Um, and then others are like, I don't care about flowers at all. I want the best videographer there is with like movie quality. Like we're going to watch our video all the time. So for me, I need to have a list of people that are like at all different price points, but are all the top at what they do. So to be, you know, how do you get on that list? I mean, I think what initially will always draw me to someone is their talent. And then from there, it's, you know, professionalism. That's huge. Like how they present themselves, how they dress, how they show up to the events is is huge as well. And then my number one, like biggest pet peeve in the world is it like response time. Like I am someone it's I'm, I'm not normal. I'm kind of a freak about it. Like I will respond almost instantly, always never more than a day, which I know is, I don't expect that of everyone, but within 24 hours, would be great, you know, and, and that's, things move so fast. Like this season, I know we talked about everybody was really burnt out, but the hardest part part of my job this year and what would drive me insane is you'd reach out to someone and then, you know, day would go by nothing, two days go by nothing. You follow up again, still nothing. So what used to be for me, you know, I'm going through my final checklist and it's reaching out to vendors, check done. It's like, okay, you reach out to them, no response. And I'm following up two and three times and like nobody has time for that. So that's my biggest thing. Someone that's responsive, professional, and just, you know, talented as well. Yeah. It's like herding cats. Yeah. Oh, like it really felt like that sometimes I was like, I'm going to look. And then like, you have to copy the brides on it because it becomes a thing like they, I, I feel, which they probably aren't thinking this, but that I'm not doing my job. Like they're like, is she really reaching out? So then like you start seeing them on the email so that they see, yes, I've, I've sent like three unanswered emails. They're just, yeah, can tell that that's a topic. Yep. It just, it just hits know, a nerve I, with me. I was going to say I had a nerve right there. <laughs> you did. But that was a huge challenge this year. So. Hopefully 2022 will be different though. Yeah, we're we're gonna cap at 20. I don't think I think we're we're gonna do 20 and that that's gonna be it. I actually that's had a good. I had a friend of mine on the podcast who was like he was talking about just like it's like maybe everybody should just take what their normal number is and just subtract and cut five. it in half. Yeah. Yeah. Or oh, subtract five. Yeah, yeah, no. And then because and I like I took that to heart. Like a part of me was like, maybe we will stop at 15. Like yeah. maybe, maybe that's good enough this year. Like I don't, cause yeah, last year was just, it was a lot. It was a lot yeah. for everybody. It's not like, and, and it was, you know. it was across the board. Everybody was like spread too thin. And by the end of the season, people were getting grumpy and like short with their emails and you know, but yeah, I can't, I can't count how many people were just reaching out and being like, yeah, people that we know. They were like, "Hey, Phil, so and so is sick. Can you can you yeah. shoot for them? Can Ugh. you you know blah 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 and just mm-hmm. you know." So of course we did. You know what I mean? Like we're not going right. to tell our friends no. I yeah. will say though that we we did get some people's business models are very confusing to me because it <laughs> seems like there are 
Well, there are plenty of companies out there that are clearly uh, booking weddings without having anybody to shoot them. That because very last scary. year, very I, scary. I would say like three times a week, Send I would me those get an names email. Later. <laughs> yeah, no, it's no, it's wild because I, I would get an email from somebody who I've never met before who's like, this is a Wednesday. And they're like, hey, are you available on Saturday to shoot a wedding in, you know, downtown? Oh I'd be like, goodness. huh? And they're like, yeah, you know, we we're lo- we're looking for for qualified shooters, blah blah blah. And I'm like, dude, what? That is so scary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, well, Michelle, is there anything else that you'd you'd like to add or say? Is there? No, thank you so much. My first podcast. It wasn't as scary as I thought. <laughs> See, I told you. Nobody listens to film. Listens to me. Yes, you were right. Well. Michelle, thank you so much for being on today. It was so awesome speaking with you. Uh, you got to make sure that you check out Michelle and Twist Six Events on Instagram at Twist Six Events and, of course, their website, twistsixevents.com. Be sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel and make sure that you're following our podcast. Don't forget to join our private Facebook group, Wedding Videography for Beginners. And we really hope that everyone is staying safe and healthy, and we will see everyone next week. All right. Out. Are you backing up your footage? Is it seamless, running in the background, and easily available? Bring in Backblaze, the world's easiest cloud backup. Our workflow is so simple. We offload our footage onto our external drives. Then that evening, the files automatically start backing up into the cloud. There's nothing else for us to do. Imagine having the peace of mind that your footage is stored off-site, in a safe location, where you can easily retrieve it from your browser, and that it is crazy affordable. That's Backblaze. Click on our affiliate link below and get one month free.